Welcome to the Back to Square Pond podcast with your host Chong and Kedrick. This is a podcast where we will have conversations about training, nutrition, and philosophy, taking you back to square one. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the final episode of the Back to Square Quan podcast for the year 2021. It's, 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 it's been a wonderful uh, time podcasting, and uh, we know we have been a little bit on the break uh, the past month or so. I mean, we haven't been recording much uh, due to life. <laughs> different, yeah, due to life, life, you know, like getting out of lockdown, handling lockdown, uh, and all of that and the holiday seasons, but we wanted to record this last episode to just recap uh, the year, uh, our experiences uh, doing the podcast, our experiences uh, as uh, just people living in this, uh, living in the year 2021. Uh, and yeah, just talk a little bit about that and what we can do or, or what we should be expecting in the year 2022. So just this is just a little bit of a year in review uh, and it's pretty much an episode where Chung and I would just go back and forth. Nothing really planned, to be honest. And but hopefully you will still find this beneficial, and can pick up uh, maybe a thing, a thing or two. I'm, I'm sure when we, yeah, I, I'm sure two. when we start to get into it, um, things will come. We will be able to spitball certain things and we'll rift off it for sure. Um. Yeah. I, I think I'll start. It, I, I'll be very honest. Like, it's been an interesting year. Um, more so, I think, with the podcast itself. Um, I think for me, particularly, it's been an interesting learning curve on basically setting up a podcast from start to finish. Um, there's obviously, like, your big, big podcast, people like, you know, your Joe Rogan shows and all that kind of stuff. But to be completely honest, I think... My big takeaway, at least doing this little side project, as we kind of talked about in the first ever episode that we recorded, is that I think it's it's not actually that difficult to do a podcast, in my actual opinion. Um, people, I, I think the hard bit about it is that it's actually just finding time to actually record it. The actual process itself, I think as long as you are able to podcast with people that you enjoy people that you um, can relate with and obviously have good conversations with um i find most of the interviews most of the podcast interviews that we did were actually very eye-opening to me personally it's really like just having a conversation with someone else and then just sort of oh since we're having a conversation anyway we might as well record it and just put it out there to the public um, I think that was kind of the intention of the podcast from the start anyway. Well, that's how I perceived it. What about you, Kedrick? I think, yeah, you know, when you first listen to podcasts and obviously I think recording a podcast is quite simple now. There's so many uh, free platforms to use or platforms with a really low cost. But like I said, I think if you are trying to make a living off podcasting, uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Uh Fortunately for Chung and myself, this is just a side project. We we are just like enjoying it. So I do think that you know if someone is considering doing a podcast to just articulate their thoughts or just get guests to bring on, uh, to just have a chat. I think it's a really good avenue, right? But if you were to 
uh, monetize it, there's a whole mm. lot more that you need, right? We've seen, I've seen content. I, I consume a lot of podcasts. Uh, in fact, my Spotify wrapped the hours there are actually really low because I just listen to podcasts. I actually don't listen to music much anymore uh, unless I use it to, unless I play my favorite anime song to hype me up for training. But other than that, this is mainly podcast recording. And you know, when you listen to professional podcasts, like you say, Joe Rogan, uh, and for, fortunately for Joe Rogan, he can talk about whatever he wants <laughs> because he's trying to deal with Spotify. And Joe Rogan. So he, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but we've seen all those people that, like they have ads in between their podcasts to monetize it. That's very, very different, you know, mm. and people do different things like live streams. And then you have like people sign up for Patreons and like super chats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are multiple avenues to, uh, monetize it. And I think everyone can adopt a hobby, but not everyone's hobby can be adopted into something that people can monetize, mm-hmm. you know. So to draw that distinction is 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 quite important because you kind of like set expectations up for yourself. Uh, because you and I, we don't plan to make money off <laughs> this podcast at, at least when we first started it. So it's fine if we are not actually getting as much traction as we like to meet certain criteria. You know, I'm not gonna like cool. I'm just gonna get this five hundred thousand subscriber YouTube. Uh, <laughs> like sub- uh, subscribers in the plaque yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah subscribe yeah, yeah that's the, really the good nice old, the good old um, click funnel you've made 7 million here's your plaque yeah like <laughs> I, I I don't mind if I don't get it if you know so like th- th- that's really important but it, it has been a fun journey so far and just speaking to people who have uh, who are experts in their area and are just providing valuable life experiences uh, has been pretty enriching so that that is kind of like my my impression and uh, experience of being a podcast co-host. Yeah. I think it's I think you made a really good point there, Kendrick. Especially sort of like reflecting back on twenty twenty one, or at least for for us in, in New Zealand, Australia. Um, I would actually I would actually say like New Zealand and Australia, particularly our twenty twenty one, is pretty much what North Americans would have and, and Europeans would have experienced in twenty twenty. I think uh, for for the most part, the way I see it, is uh, Australia, New Zealand were kind of on the uh, on the on the backlog, or we had the lag of the whole COVID lockdown thing. But I think one thing that uh, came out of a lot of the lockdowns, I think, in the world in general, is that because uh, people are starting to have so much time on their hands because they don't have to travel to work and you know, all, all that kind of stuff. There's this whole like idea of like, oh, it's it's kind of a good opportunity for you to. Uh, you know, to, to pursue hobbies and, and make a career out of it. I think, like, uh, I guess that's prob- probably also one of the reasons why we started the podcast. But I think it's also good to distinguish that um, as much as most people would like to do what they love, obviously, um, you like Kedrick said, you have to really distinguish on, like, are you doing it for the sake of earning an income or are you really doing it for a hobby? Because it's kind of like... I think the last thing I, and I'm speaking for myself here really, is that I don't want to be doing this podcast feeling like I need to do this because I need to pay a bill, but more so I mm. want to do this um, because I enjoy it. And I think this also extends, um, obviously, Kedrick and myself, we're both coaches um, in, in sort of like the fitness and strength, uh, strength community. There's this whole idea, right? Like, oh, um, being coaching fitness is fun because I enjoy it. But the, and that is true, but we also tend to see a lot of people like burning out from you know being a PT and being a coach, and I think that 
you know, I don't want to use this podcast or any hobbies that I enjoy really to cross that line of like burning out because, you know, it is important to keep hobbies and keep you happy, really. One hundred percent. You know, like I think that people actually say uh, it's important to do what you love, but I also think that m- making what you love a job can make you hate what you love mm. at certain times. Repet- repetition uh, can lead to monotony. Mon- monotony can lead to uh, maybe it's a little. Uh, dislike you know or negative bias towards the things that you want love i once spoke to a friend uh and basically basically i mean he had a job like going to like clubs and to, like review clubs or like review parties so it's like kind of like a journalist for like the nightlife and he used to be like man i love this you know it allows me to go party but after doing that job he absolutely hated partying you know mm. so that that there is that that aspect of it and i also do think that it's very important to draw that distinction because there are certain things that you can potentially trade off and make that no longer something you love but make that a career but there are certain things that you don't want to make it a career and trade off the potential uh, enjoyment yeah i think that there are certain things that should be solely uh solely uh categorized as a like you derive pleasure from it you know and you regardless of the outcome you know like for example i like playing games and even though i'm like absolutely shit at it you know like i'm really bad at games but i play i enjoy playing it you know so i don't care whether i win win or lose but if my goal is to be a gamer and make money i probably have to be quite good at it you know but then you now have something that you have to put in a lot of time and effort to actually obtain a particular skill more so than the initial investment you thought you have uh, to invest in, right? And with that, you have certain constraints as well because now this thing is also playing a larger role in your life, which means that you have to fit it in in whatever uh, day-to-day activities that you already have. And if you don't have that gap to fit that in you bleed into other aspects and then the whole thing becomes very convoluted and you know you may just hate life in general because you find that it's like everything everything you do sucks <laughs> exactly it's just like it's so mediocre now you're no longer good at everything because you're just putting too many eggs in too many baskets and then at the end of the day you don't even realize that there are certain baskets that you put your eggs in and you've forgotten about it, but the eggs are really rotten, you know, just because you're doing so many things mm. at once. So I do think that setting up the expectation is it, it is really important. And I think that this podcast has uh, allowed us allowed us to do that uh, in you know even co- with the whole uh, COVID thing, which I'm sure we will talk about in a little bit more detail because it's quite hard to kind of like avoid talking uh, about COVID. <laughs> yeah, now. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the talk of the town. I'm assuming it's going to be there for the next decade, but oh well, we'll get there. Yeah, and we, we just like, people often turn their hobbies, hobbies into careers, like you mentioned, simply due to the fact that most conventional jobs, you know, they don't really get to work, especially if they are in like a high, like, level setting lockdown so they don't get to go to work and then they have time at home and then they'll be oh if I can monetize this slightly 
uh, oh, with income. I yeah, and then there are also people who I think there's like this movement, or like not not an actual physical movement, but called the Great Resignation, where people just like a lot of people are resigning from their jobs. You know, so people actually realize that oh, you know, maybe I now I have this opportunity. People realize that they don't need their day to day jobs, especially if uh, they don't get like stipends or or like. Yeah, stipends to actually from their job, they like okay, cool, right? I'm still working, uh, to a certain extent, but I'm actually doing what I love right now, and make surviving. So maybe I shall make this my day job, you know. And I, there, there are people taking that 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 route as well. And COVID has really like shifted that mm. that they've you you force a perspective change on what is necessary to survive or what is or or the traditional notion that you have to do a job that you hate to survive you know and then when you're not working you try to enjoy yourself but then you can like integrate both together but i do think you know like not every aspect of things you enjoy has to be integrated into something that uh makes money you know i think that that, that is very uh very important so yeah, yeah the, those are, those are kind of like my 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 two cents on this whole like podcasting uh yeah i think one one of the episodes i think this was uh, the episode with bryce i think this was quite um i guess so it takes me back where we obviously for for those who don't know we had an episode with bryce lewis who is obviously one of the best powerlifters in the world won a couple of worlds and you know basically all-around good guy um and you know one of the things that um he, he does talk about as well is kind of like obviously lifting for him is a is a big part he's an elite lifter you know and he he puts himself out there he puts his body on the line but as some of you might know um when he well up till now at least up till now um if you are competing in the usapl let's be honest there isn't a lot of money in powerlifting to make (laughs) You, you don't you know you won't be able to make 60 grand a year by competing and even if you do win it's not gonna be a 60 grand paycheck you know unlike a boxing fight or an mma fight so i think bryce is one of a really good example of like you do a particular hobby but you do it really well and you compete at the best level as you can it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to give you the monetary aspects so you can't make money off your hobby but as some of you might know bryce obviously is part of uh, tsa um and it's kind of like this hobby divulged into it basically opened doors for him to create um you know a coaching service that allows him to not necessarily monetize his hobby per se but is able to earn a i would like to think bryce a relatively good income while still powerlifting and lifting and doing what he likes without trying to mentally rely on like damn, I need to make my hobby a success because it pays my bills. But he's powerlifting because like he wants to be the best in the world, obviously champion champion mindset, but it's like there is no financial pressure. And I think if people can uh, establish that, sometimes your hobbies might seem great. And you also have to be very uh, realistic on, can this make me money? If not, what are some doors that my hobby could open for me to go down other potential career paths. And um, I'm sure Kedrick and myself um, being, uh, well, both of us were being born in Malaysia, coaching in itself is not a very conventional uh, career, at least in, in Southeast Asia. 
and so i'm sure it probably stems from the fact that we enjoyed lifting so much that we decided to divulge in this slight um, deviation of what lifting and fitness is and we got into this niche job of coaching um i think that's kind of where um where i stand i guess with the whole movement you know find your hobby uh but really really assess on whether the hobby is able to give you the financial needs if not there's definitely doors from the hobby that can be open um but you know it's still giving you the opportunity to do what you love whilst potentially earning an income on the side uh that is somewhat related to your hobby oh yeah 100 i think a big part as well is not just uh i think when it comes to doing a hobby and making money you have to be good at yeah, it yeah you have to be really good at so, it like i said i am happy gaming to an extent playing certain games and not being good at it because mm-hmm. i still enjoy uh playing the game yeah. so uh i think that when you're good at it right you get that you 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 have an additional tool in your toolbox because now people like to be good at stuff people like uh whether it's for the recognition whether it's for personal satisfaction people like being good at things which means that if you're good at something you may able to teach people how to be mm. good at it and then that could yeah, be a potential exactly. avenue for you to make mm-hmm. money right but then you also need to have like say other skills teaching skills right you don't the best mathematician uh, or the best like uh, let's use a really complex topic like philosophy where people just like think about ideas might not be the best teacher right so or for example the best athlete might not be the best coach if they can't actually teach but allowing people to teaching people how to be good is a potential avenue where you can try to monetize it i would never teach people how to be a podcast host you know? <laughs> well neither uh, would i that's, <laughs> yeah that's one thing i definitely won't do so this is a hobby where i would solely keep as, as a, a hobby, hobby as simply yeah. because i don't see that potential avenue to actually teach being how to be a podcast host there are courses out there there are courses of how to run a successful uh podcast or like earning your first five figures uh, podcasting. I'm pretty sure there are courses out there, but I'm not going to be the one who teaches that. So, yeah, I I I think that you know, since you mentioned that the episode with uh Bryce, what was your favorite episode that we recorded uh during the past year, and maybe you can share why some of those uh why why that episode's your favorite? Ooh, which would be my favorite? Man, I think. Like first off, I'll say it's very hard for me to pick a favorite, but I will for for the sake of the question. Um, but I felt like all the conversations that we had with everyone was so uniquely different in in yep. in its own right. That the yes, there is a somewhat theme revolving around health and fitness per se, but it is a very very broad theme. It's not a very niche theme. Um, so I for for one I think thank you for all the guests who have come on. I um, really really appreciate your time. Um, but if I had to pick my favorite, I think it. Hmm. I would actually think it would be that episode with Lauren. Come to think of it, mm. um, that's the episode where I think we talk a little bit about, um, a little bit sort of like the the Asian household and sort of like 
um, that that relationship with health and fitness being in an Asian household and um, how that all kind of intertwines with her career and, and her development as an athlete as well. I think I enjoyed that episode, I think, because um, it was interesting because after that episode was was released, was aired, uh, my mum, shout outs, actually listened to all, well, most of my podcast episodes. <laughs> and um, when she listened to that episode, she made a really interesting remark, which I thought was um, not necessarily bad, but I found it actually quite interesting. And she said that all three of us, so Kedrick, myself and Lauren, um, grew up Asian. But we, as a listener, she felt that all three of us were very, very different in terms of our um, philosophy around that topic. And it's not even a bad thing because it was an interesting eye-opener because for her, it was interesting to see how Kedrick sort of like lifestyle and a parent and in your parents and how Lauren's parents and how obviously my mom understands how she parents me were kind of different, but were able to give their children the life, well, hopefully that we are striving or looking for. So um, it's kind of one of those things that I think that episode was very memorable because I think it was made memorable that my mom made that remark. And it's kind of one of those things where sometimes that you know it's I'm not going to quote anyone, but it's that saying where um, like-minded individuals uh, are good together, but sometimes different-minded individuals. And you know, I think Kedrick, you also mentioned this in one of the episodes where sometimes we might argue, but arguments are a good thing. I think the discourse episode, like you know, having different opinions is not always a bad thing. Um, so yeah, I think that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I do think that uh, those are really good points because at the end of the day, uh, you don't want too much groupthink. You know, it's great to have people that agree with you on certain things. And I think that there need to be certain fundamental or foundational agreements before one can have a productive discussion. Like, for example, we need to both agree that we want to have a productive discussion that should be the fundamental uh, foundational agreement that is, I think, is a ne- uh, necessary condition for productive discussions, right? But the more you... I, I think that when we have discussions, it is important to actually have hear opposing mm. views or different views or maybe same views, but how you arrive at that conclusion might be different. So it just helps facilitate conversations which are not uh out there you know which brings me to kind of like my 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 favorite episode i would like to say is the disagreement one that we had with you and i but i don't want to just i would probably categorize that as something that we will we will probably do more of those dual ones as we progress in the new year that's for sure yeah i would probably i i really like like the the conversation with like greg knuckles mainly because it was very like broad. This is a topic of like science, you know, and then how, how do you, uh, be good at science? How, when you enter science, what are certain things that you look for? It's just a really broad topic and the potential like to go on, like we could have, we could go on for like three hours, you know, at the end of the day, like there was just so many things to talk about and I found that really enjoyable. I guess when it comes to, uh, science as well, people often, uh, look at, science is something that is that cannot be 
wrong, you know. But I do think it's, that science yeah, people think science not, is very one-dimensional, black and white, yes or no. Yeah, but what like what exactly does science tell yeah. us, right? Science is like we use an uh the scientific method, which is rooted in uh using certain empirical empirical like tools, and basically it just gives us confidence that whatever we are describing 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 is probably more true than not because obviously if you fix certain conditions the outcome might be more true than not right so uh, at the end of the day it gives us confidence that we are describing something in uh, its truest form right we so i think that 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 is science but there are certain things that science cannot describe you know like how like history right like you cannot use science to test history because history by definition is something that has happened in the past and it's done right so science by definition you need some some experimental uh you need to experiment which means that cool if i repeat this we are get the same results but you can't yeah because history has really especially if we're so talking yeah. about like big historical events you know like big yeah. life-changing historical events you you know and like Kedrick said you might not even want to use science to potentially replicate it because what happens if the result is true but what you're trying to replicate is god forbid like the extinction of the human race <laughs> or the extinction exactly. of the dinosaurs you're trying to replicate that is like oh i don't know man like it's kind of dodgy <laughs> exactly i mean when we look at stuff like that that is essentially what uh what a lot the like the premise of a lot of movies are is like multiverse you know traveling back in time changing the multiverse i mean shout out to uh the latest spider-man if no. uh anybody out there that hasn't seen it, you know, it sucks to be you. It. It's, you should have I, you should yeah. have seen it by now. By this time, by the yeah, time so, this episode's released, uh, you should have already yeah. seen it. <laughs> but in general, like most of the things that we've watched, like probably not great to change like history, mm. you know. Or uh, so that. Uh, but I do think that you know having that that conversation about what what science is allows us to know what science can do and what science can't do, right? And then knowing the limitations of a tool allow us would allow us to use the tool much more effectively, right? It's very different to say, I'm going to use a screwdriver, right? To use and I mean, the most simple uh, ways of the difference is between a straight, a flathead screwdriver and a Phillip head screwdriver, right? You can probably use a flathead screwdriver for, uh, for a Phillips head. Yeah, you could. For, yeah, if the groove is a Philip head if it fits, right? But it's not as efficient, yeah. correct? So, but on the flip side, you can't use a Philip head for, for a, flat head. a flat head. And if you try, you may destroy the, the screw or you may destroy the screwdriver, you know? So using the inappropriate tool sometimes can actually be detrimental. So I think speaking about science and allowing people to know what, what, what science really is, especially when it comes to exercise science as well. Uh, the multiple component of science, I think that that was really like enlightening and I had a, uh, yeah, it was a good conversation. I like talking about like a lot of this like uh, meta like topics. Meta topics you know? yeah. Just what, what is this? You know, what is that? You know, it's like more philosophical in nature, mm. uh, but it's always interesting because like philosophy is quite like never ending. Yeah, you know? philosophy is a never ending topic and I think 
it's it's funny as well because we can probably dive into this is COVID sort of spread late 2019 early 2020 2021 it's like a lot of people will start to I guess for better or for worse terms really start to develop their own philosophy in in, in life yeah. I guess I think it's uh, it's interesting I, I find it interesting because at the start of the pandemic a lot of people had the idea of like oh this is something that will pass and then it became the uh and then it became like an anti-vax movement because people believe or people have philosophy that they don't want to put something in their body that they're not known of right because it was the vaccine was developed in like a year and a half it's unstable yada 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 and then their philosophy changed again to like oh now it's actually for a philosophy of, of freedom it's not necessarily i don't believe in science it's more so like now my philosophy has changed. I think if, if anything, COVID, what COVID has taught us is that um, your philosophy will change drastically as you as as the years go by, <laughs> and as more and more world events will occur. And I'm sure COVID is probably one of the one of the few. You know, there's many things that have happened aside from COVID, right? Like we had the whole uh, Black Lives Matter thing, BLM. Um, yep. and then we had the I'm not American, so I'm sure someone can correct me on this. The whole presidency step down and people raiding the White House during the changeover. Yep. Um, I think there were a lot of like events in the last year, even that probably caused a lot of individuals to potentially rethink their approach on on life. Um. And it probably does show as well, like, you know, a lot of my clients when I coach and a lot of people that I talk to, they're very, very different people uh, compared to who they were like a year before. And for better or for worse, it's like, hey, you know, at least you're not staying stagnant. You know, you're developing some form of critical thinking towards what you think is best for yourself or what you think yourself means, you know. Yeah, I think that there's always like this like overarching like philosophy that governs someone's life. You know, like people uh from what you've described, I'm not trying to describe a particular person, but from what you say, like there are people that would always like shift the goalpost to mm, yeah, yeah. uh you know, they always shift the goalpost when it doesn't meet their particular de- like their demands, right? They are they it might so, say it that sounds my... like an Epicurean. <laughs> it's like retreat back to the garden. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I feel like at the end of the day, it's like you have this personal philosophy, whether, when, for example, use COVID or whatever, it's just that uh, maybe you prioritize liberty and freedom over everything else, right? And then you would try to shift the goalposts to kind of like meet your personal philosophy and disguise it as something, you know, uh, like anti-vax movements that believe that you have a microchip that would mind control you, you know, that's shift and then if that has debunked you can find other ways to shift the goalposts you know ex- say that oh you know it's a experimental vaccine and it like might uh, do something else you know or like you might say something else and things like that you know i don't really want to get into the the weeds too much uh but i'm just using really extreme ex- examples because obviously i don't think like those are true like i don't think the vaccine will turn you into a uh, hippopotamus right for example uh it would be, it would be but, interesting though <laughs> yeah but people would actually like shift like the goalpost quite a bit to kind of like justify what 
they they believe and i think deep philosophical beliefs are quite hard to uproot uh especially in times where for example uh, a lot of the matters now it's has been so like politicized and mm. it has evolved into like this culture war right that we have especially you when we uh co- when you coincide uh like covid with like like say the general elections in the US you know and certain politicians uh, or figureheads will take a side and then you automatically associate that side with like with a left particular the right, party yeah. You know, yeah so you cannot believe one if you are the other but I don't think it has to be like I don't think that they, that that there is like a certain orthodoxy that is exclusive to one party right I think rationality uh, and reason belongs to everyone and and that is something people should use and that itself right rationality belongs and reason is accessible it should be accessible to everyone that is a, also a philosophy that i personally hold right so if i have hold that philosophy that's what i believe but if i hold a philosophy that only certain people have a uh, rational thought you know and then they are the ones that should disseminate information that is a uh, something philosophical in, in nature as well uh but i what what i really have observed is that you know in 2021 uh i guess the biggest thing that some like uh, the biggest thing that 2021 has taught me was that you know you really have to be charitable to people you know uh hear people out right i and obviously that there, there will be some times when the reason why i think that for example, I think there are people that are really like pro mandates, uh, no mandates, complete freedom, and then there are people like yeah, you know, in the middle ground. But I, I think that whether we, we are mandating some, the reason why mandates are so like people feel is can be intrusive is because it's just a very blanket statement. Everybody should do this. It means that you negate the life experiences, the individual life experiences of someone, right? And you're saying that I don't care what you're... It's almost like saying I don't care what life experiences you have gone through. This is it now. You have to do this regardless. It's not hearing that other person out, which why people are like really upset with with mandates in general. I think that that is the underlying uh, thing. You know, it's like I feel like I'm not being... uh, My voice is not important. Right, because if my voice is important, why are you doing this to me without first listening to me? You know, right? I'm not saying that everybody opposing to mandates have good reasons, but I think that whether someone thinks the reasons are good or not, and I'm not talking about just COVID in general, but just uh, like other stuff when it comes to mandates or making something compulsory, right? You, you, the reasons that you have have to bring like an exponential benefit that you can override someone else's uh, reasons from their day-to-day life. At least that's what, 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 I, what I think, you know, because I feel that uh, with the whole like culture war issue, you know, like uh, it, it, it's crazy because it, I think people like I've read certain uh, like uh, articles like online and people just say like, yeah, you know, I can't, um, I can't, I won't date someone if, this person voted for this party, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, it's so funny because when I when I read certain like, uh, biographies of certain like people, right, like famous people, they will say that oh, my mom, like, is a, like, is really left wing and my dad's really right wing, you know. But 
politics aside, they, they were really good like parents to me. And it's because they had like that, these differences. I learned to cultivate this critical thinking. But now I was like, no, dude, like if you are, you have like this difference, like if we have this difference, we can't even like, I can't even date or like, I can't, like, I wouldn't invite you to like my, uh, like you're no longer considered my family mm-hmm. anymore. You know, like your relationships are, are severed because of that. And I think that often because it's like people always, people like to die, uh, people don't want the dialogue anymore. It's more of like, it's almost like, cool, I am going to go on Instagram, put my comment and then leave Instagram, turn off my notifications or maybe turn off like replies, you know? And I just like, I'm just going to say what I think and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to hear anybody out. I don't want to hear anybody out. I don't want anybody to change my mind because maybe there's a possibility I might be wrong. I might be right, but I don't want to hear. I'm comfortable where I am with this thought that I have, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that that is very, uh, that is quite detrimental uh, to uh, society as a whole, right? Uh, it's quite ironic that, you know, when you go, trace back the roots of philosophy and you go back to Socrates, so- Socrates literally went around asking people, what is this? What is the definition of this? Why do you think yeah. this? And that basically led him to consume hemlock and die, Right. Uh, basically, his questioning killed him. You know, curiosity, <laughs> curiosity killed the cat. Like basically, yeah, yeah, more like curiosity killed Socrates. Unfortunately, like today, you are getting. I, I get a similar vibe that curiosity kills, in the sense that it kills uh, your voice. If you ask a question, people automatically think as though like, oh man, this guy is. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's, it's the whole it's the whole idea of like like cancel it's like oh you cancel online it's like oh you know like it's like someone says something bad it's like oh like some celebrity says something it's like oh you cancel it's like um for for i can't remember her name the the act the actress who was in that mandalorian who said something about uh, yeah, 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 and like, then, it's based on yeah, yeah, it, it was stuff, so right? political. She said something like she's entitled to it. No, no disagreement. I would love to see her play the role again, and then immediately, like Disney, basically just like cut her from you know the the series. I think it's it's like Kendrick said. I think you know a really great book is Rationality. I think it's the title. Stephen Pinker came out this year, I believe. Yep. Like for the, for those who really want like a really good brain mind boggling mind fuck book on rationality that's a really good book to get into um but yeah i mean i completely agree like i think most people are, are either really really scared of questioning because um i personally think that a lot of them are afraid of the outcome and i think it's also interesting because those who are i think I think people generally fall into potentially like two camps, right? You've got the ones who tend to question to validate their point or to, and you, then you have like another group who genuinely question because they're curious. I think if you fall into the latter, if you generally go into a conversation or when you generally ask a question or challenge someone's beliefs, not because you are challenging from a position of power, but more so you're questioning from a from a position of like curiosity. I think that's a much better philosophical approach because that means that you know it's that whole Bruce Lee philosophy or his quote like like uh be like, be water, my friend. You know, like you, yeah. you have to be, especially in this day and age when it, 
you know, back in the day when we look at, let's look at World War Two for example, right? We've got the Nazis, <laughs> and yeah. we've got the, the the Japanese, and it's basically the world against those two. <laughs> you know, culturally, there's basically what we what you can say is like there's two opposing cultures to the world. Now you've got, like, I don't know. I lose count of how many cultures that actually exist and, you know, you see some cultures opposing each other, but some cultures work together, but they don't agree on this thing and then they, they fight. I think a lot of people tend to... And it's interesting, I think I, I was I was reading, rereading Digital Minimalism. I think humans by nature are very social, are very social beings. I think one of the one of the biggest fears of every human being is probably questioning something, finding out that what they believe in is wrong and then all of a sudden they are part of the exclusivity of the group that they belong to or the culture that they belong to and then they start having this identity crisis of like oh what should i be doing it's like oh oh no no i have to find more answers to support my you know my claim and um, i think that is something that most people should try to avoid you know be 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 open when you ask questions but also be open to the idea that you're not always going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I think that 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 is a uh, very uh very very I think the the more like appropriate like term to describe humans is like we are tribal mm. in nature. Not uh not 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 so much like not social yeah, yeah. I think not, not social. Yeah, social has like many yeah, other like aspects more tribal, as well. Yeah. And I think um in in like the a book by uh, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff called the calling of the American Mind. He actually quoted this uh, Arab Bedouin poem uh, or like saying said that I against my brother, I and my brother against my cousin, my brother and my cousin against the world. Meaning that people often group into tribes uh, and then to go against something else, right? So you start with you versus your brother, but then with your cousin, you want to go against your cousin, then you and your brother will go against your, your cousin you know it's like uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm. that kind of stuff and when when you look at World War 2 people was re- people were really unified at that time because all of them they had to put aside differences their, in, yeah. in fighting to fight against the bigger threat you know uh, so in, in fact if you look uh, across the the only thing that people would, would argue then is whether at that time at least I definitely didn't live during World War II, so I might be completely wrong, but this is what I think is that you have, whether war, war is uh, being a, going to war or being a pacifist, which is uh, the better approach, right? Because that is the thing. We are at war. This is World War II, you know? Uh, so I think that that is the infighting that people might have, where people had to put their political differences aside or whatever differences to face the bigger threat. And I think that... Uh, with the event of like no uh, large scale war, like thank God for that, yeah, and I don't. I hope that it doesn't really, yeah, really touch wood. That that is when the a lot of the infighting uh, actually happens, because by nature people often like to uh, tribalize, uh, and it, it is quite funny because they you when you look at people from like Jewish people, people always say that you know Jewish people are like they're just. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, like anti-Semitism, right? So hate against like Jewish people is like really high, and it's quite ironic because people like unless you're a Holocaust denier, you knew like the impact of being like 
extremely discriminatory, extremely extremely discriminatory towards Jews to the point of actually wanting to kill them. And but anti-Semitism is still in this country in the world, yeah. and people often say it's because uh, when after world after the Nazi occupation, the Jews were just like scattered across the world, right? You have Jews all over the world, right? Uh, and then they are quite they are like that outgroup of society and if there is something that they want to blame it's very easy to blame the, mm. the stranger it's the always easy to blame. You know? it's always easy to blame the minority because once you start blaming Ex- the majority then you know for the most part it's like the the, the grand uh, population is at fault and exactly. and then ironically it's the whole idea of rationality it's like do i want to blame let's just throw a random number, 80% of people to force them to change, or should I just blame it on the 20% and say, you guys are wrong? And, and yeah, it's kind of, and, exactly. it's kind of, and I think that's, the, it's, that's a really good thing that you mentioned, that you said there's like, that, that a really good example there, Kedrick, especially in this day and age with the whole, like, anti-vax mandate stuff. It's like, yes, they are the minority, but you can't just, you know, on social media, we see this a lot, I'm not going to name names. People blame them for having the mandates longer. It's like, why can't, yeah, it's like, exactly. why can't, why can't you guys just get the vaccine? <clears throat> or why can't you guys just do that? It's like, we here's the proof. It's like, yes, the proof is in the pudding. Yes, it's science. But you also have to think of like, what is it from, from their point of view? Because it's a lot easier to yeah. blame the minority than to blame the majority. Because, <laughs> you know, 10 people change for the you know, nine people changing for the one person statistically speaking is a lot more work than telling the one person to say oh we'll just put the one person in jail the nine people can live on with their lives you know it's it's a tough one <laughs> yeah i i i i think to an extent as well it you know it to an extreme like the it, it is like the, the trolley problem in like philosophy mm. you know will you like kill one to save five i did that poll right. a couple of weeks ago it's very interesting <laughs> yeah and the, the the thing is this like i mean it's not just on social media even like on like major journal mm. uh news outlet they say like oh it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated and i like, dude it's like, like it's, uh, it's a pandemic for I, everyone dude it doesn't matter yeah the the, the thing is that People, I think, like they, they, people come from a, like a bias, like oh cool, I'll go. And I think New Zealand had this as well at the start, like zero COVID yeah. approach, right? So, but the fact is that I don't think we ever go to zero COVID unless you're willing to kill all the animals, because there's there are animal animal reservoirs with like infected with COVID. So what happens if the the virus actually uh, jumps from an animal reservoir to human? And even though like all the humans in the world, let's just say every single human is no longer infected with COVID, but this this animal actually jumped to human again and then it, it, it starts, starts, right? Like, so I'm not saying that it will, but for zero COVID approach, you have to kill all the animal reservoirs. You have, you know, to, kill for, for lo- you have to kill a lot of things to have zero COVID, by the way. Yeah, so I think with, with that approach, people can say, oh, it's the the pandemic of the unvaccinated and things like that. But you, like I said, you people often go with go in with some form of presupposition. I want to achieve this. That's therefore my messaging is catered towards this because I think that this is beneficial towards my uh my personal goal, you know? So I think that uh uh with with with, with twenty twenty one you kind of like look at that and I, I do hope that 
it, 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 it is almost like getting COVID is like a moral failing. It's like, oh, if I get COVID, it means I'm a bad person and I do it. Like, yeah, sure. You know, like how is that a thing? It's like, uh, it's like anymore. Like, it's, yeah, it's like getting cancer. Does that make you a bad person? It's like, no, you, you know, you just got unlucky. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I mean, there are obviously like factors yes, as well I mean, that you can't yeah, control, yeah. genetic factors, lifestyle factors and all of that kind of things. But how, like, when have we actually like, as people lost empathy for that person and with that person suffering, you are like having an illness that is potentially serious that you no longer empathize with someone going through that painful process. But now you say, this guy is a moral failure. This person is a moral failure. You know, like if someone smokes every day of their lives uh, and that person get lung cancer, right? I still think most people will agree that going up to that person and say, man, you deserve it told you not to smoke every day that's like, a dick move right let's be honest <laughs> like, yeah I, I i like i still think that people will agree doing that even though it's most probably true most people still yeah, say exactly. that. but i think i like what has happened to the point where now it's like oh if you get covid it's, it's completely 100 percent your fault and nothing nobody else has to, uh you like the responsibility is on you you know so i do think that you know, with 2021, like, the biggest thing that has really, like, taught me is that, cool, you know, uh, look at people, like, look at them as individuals, don't group them into groups, right? I Are you trying to say that the a person who is vaccinated because they wanted to, or maybe the person who doesn't want to get vaccinated, but don't want to lose convenience by, through mandates, are they exactly equal? And then if you put a third fact cam, is that those who are aggressively pushing vaccines and saying that vaccines is the cure for everything and there's no side effects, which is completely not true because there obviously is some vaccine side effects even though it's rare, right? All those three people, they got vaccinated, but would you say that they're all the same? No, just like that, you can't really say that everybody who choose not to get unvaccinated are all the same. So... Like I say, the biggest lesson for me in 2021, especially during this COVID stuff, is that I really think that, you know, for with this pandemic, even though let's just say COVID-19 is done uh, and hopefully in 2022, uh, this is like a topic of the past. But I do think that despite pub, uh, despite COVID uh, getting past the pandemic stage, the bigger thing we have to kind of deal with is how we are going to how we act uh, as humans basically <laughs> yeah how we're gonna stitch back stitch the fabric of humanity back yeah. once again because obviously it has like really covid has uh unfortunately uh pol- polarized things quite a bit and like severe that hum the the gen the general humanity that we, we all had so yeah i guess that's my biggest takeaway from 2021 do you do you have any particular thoughts on 2021 besides the ones that, that we, we've basically rambled on and pe- we've probably lost yeah. like all of our listeners <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i think that's probably it um yeah i mean there were so many lessons that i could probably take away from 2021 um but i think on a on a very personal level i think it's also yeah like not just treating people as human beings that's obviously a given but it's more so of that you know i I think i believe it's marcus aurelius but i might be wrong here it's like be strict with yourself but be kind to others i think it's it's something along those lines right it's like you do all you can 
for 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 the betterment of yourself but you have to understand that someone else they're they're not you <laughs> and you have to show them you know be compassionate it's kind of like fitness right it's like Kedrick and myself are very I, I would like to think blessed to be healthy you know we train mm. we have the luxury of, of food we have the luxury of nutrition we have the knowledge given bestowed upon us because we've uh, we've undertook that journey but we cannot expect that from our clients we can teach them we can coach them but we cannot expect our clients to be that perfect model that we envision but we have to treat, we have to treat them as humans you know um and understand that they can be strict with themselves and that's okay but you can't necessarily just kind of jam them down a rabbit hole and force them to do something that they're not comfortable with I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned this year. And I've kind of like personally come to realize that, you know, uh, as myself and, and my wife, as we start talking a little bit more about the possibility of maybe starting a family in, in the next few years, it's like, and, and speaking to my parents on how they've parented me, it's like, well, I don't think for it's that it's that idea of like i'm not going to force my kid to play an instrument this is actually a conversation i had with with my wife this morning i'm not going to force my kid to play an instrument but hey if they do want to play it then okay i'll let you play it but if you don't want to a why bother (laughs) yeah 100 percent. i think i think those are like really important like talking points and as we yeah move forward to 2021 like i always say like yeah you know there's a there, there's a middle ground uh the middle ground is quite hard to find hard to find but i think that if you take time to explore uh where that middle ground is for you you know it'll actually be worth it you know unfortunately in this polarized world it, people actually might say like it's the worst position to be in in the middle because you have to fight you off to both, fight sides, both now. sides yeah, actually so, you know, uh, it's not even both at this point it used to be just the left and the right but now it's kind of like you're trying to find the middle of a of a circle or a ball, and you're basically yeah. like pushing against three sixty <laughs> from from everywhere, and um, yeah, I mean, life fifty years ago might have been probably easier, to be honest, socially, social economic wise, and like you know, mentally, but. It is going to be interesting on how, if you've listened this far into the podcast, on how you would approach 2022, because it used to just be left or right. But now, politically and culturally, there's a lot more to it. You know, you've got your left, but subclass. You've got your right, but not really right. (laughs) You've got, I'm not going to vote. Why aren't you voting? (laughs) You know, it goes on and on, man. Yeah. Uh, 2022. Like I said, the, the biggest hope for me is that we can like move past this uh uh COVID uh yeah. pandemic, you know. Personally I do think that this virus will be endemic and it will just be the backdrop, uh just like one of those seasonal virus that that's floating around. So I hope we move past that. Personally for myself in terms of my career, right, uh I'm starting a new coaching Ooh. company. So by, uh, by, by I've the been time work- you listen to this It'll probably yeah. be up or in a few hours. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I've been working uh, 
for the strength guys for five years now. Uh, nothing but praises to for the strength guys. But I feel like yeah, it's time to kind of like move on. Uh, starting a new coaching company called Reformance. So reformancetraining.com. And I I'm that there has been a lot of work put into that by uh, Alfred, who is my business partner and myself. So I'm hoping that 2022 will be good in terms of uh, that. Right, it, it is it is quite daunting doing all of this, and you know all my kind of like uh, people that I coach and my athletes out there. Uh, I I I do think that it's a uh, I appreciate them like staying with me, going towards reformance. But twenty twenty two would be that, you know. And I think like my 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 personal goal in twenty twenty two is definitely uh, trying to approach things, uh, you know, do things really well in terms of in, in whatever aspect, you know. Like I definitely have to kind of like limit the amount of uh, baskets I put my eggs in. I I have like poor a really poor attention span. So I, I tend to diversify quite a bit, you know, my, my, my thing, but I think it's really time to hone in. You know, I always think that, ah, oh, yeah, I have heaps of time so I can do all of this, but that's like COVID happens and then it literally like obliterated uh, my ability to conduct my research for my PhD, you know, and I'm like, crap, you know, if only I focus on my PhD four months prior to COVID, you know, so I, I, I do have that thought sometimes. So I think like honing in on certain priorities would be really important for 2022 for me. And obviously like just continue to like develop my my strengths and uh, and also overcome certain weaknesses and failings that I have, I guess. Uh, I 2022 would just be in the grand scheme of things. It's just another, another year that is there. And another year that you're alive simply means that you have more opportunities to kind of like uh, do things that you enjoy, uh, fix things that you you that needs fixing. You know, uh, spend uh time. It gives you another opportunity to spend time with people that actually uh want to spend time with you as well. Yeah, yeah, that are meaningful in your life. You know, so those are things that definitely shouldn't like take for granted. You know, uh, while it is a year, it allows you it allows you that opportunity to to do that. So I and I think that that is what I'm going to do for the year 2022, uh, obviously trying to still maybe uh, to keep bringing interesting guests for this, uh, this podcast as well. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. What about yourself? Like uh, how do you envision your 2022 to be? Oof. I mean, it, it will be an interesting year for sure. Um, I have, recently well not recently it's been a few months now i've been diving back into some studying um hopefully fingers crossed by the end of the year i will be able to be a clinical nutritionist because so that will be pretty cool um i think it's kind of that next step being a nutritionist is cool um but continuous learning is always important i think in order to uh be better at what i do for work i need to obviously expand my knowledge a little bit more um so i guess that's more on the academic side career wise i i think that's kind of like one area that i personally um not necessarily are unsure of but where i'm at right now i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with where things are right now um but it's that it's that old saying of like 
uh, premeditating the inevitable. And I think uh, in conjunction with trying to finish my studies as a clinical nutritionist, I think that will be a good step for my career moving forward, uh, growing uh, my business a little bit whilst also working uh, alongside Ollie shout outs um, inside the meta project uh, to make that a pretty successful uh, nutrition business in, in here in, uh, in the oceanic region. And personally um, just, you know, coaching powerlifting, maybe going back, being more specific in powerlifting. It is a sport that I'm passionate about. And I think personally, um, I actually got this quote from one of my very, very old personal training clients. It's kind of, uh, I always ask him this question. It's like, how are you feeling today? Every time I meet him, when we have a session, I always ask him, how are you feeling today? And he says, another day above ground. <laughs> um, I think like living by Memento Mori will probably be, be like the big theme next year for me. Um, for those who don't know, mm. it's just Memento Mori. It's basically the idea of like knowing that tonight going to bed, you might not wake up tomorrow. You will probably die. Who knows? The world is a random place. So if you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, um, you need to try your best to make your day worthwhile. And that's probably going to be something I want to uh, live by um, and have been living by over the last year. But I think next year is sort of really solidifying that. Um, like Kedrick, I tend to find myself putting my attention span in too many things. Um, but I want to make sure that if I'm living my day to the fullest, I want to make sure I'm putting quality into the things I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, even if it means undertaking uh, less, but doing it better. It's, you know, it's that whole idea of, I guess, business. It's like, don't spend more hours working, spend less hours, charge more, but do, like, put out the best quality you can do. So that's probably something I'll look to do next year. Sounds good. I mean, 2022 sounds uh, exciting already for the two of us. We both have uh, different proje- projects to work on. Like I said, uh, hopefully 2022 would not be impacted by COVID anymore. You know, I think we, we said this in 2020. Uh, but like I said, I do think the trajectory is uh, bright. Yeah, the trajectory uh, seems I, bright. I, it's it. Yeah, yeah, I tend to be optimistic. So I, I like to, I feel like there's enough like pessimism nowadays. So I like to hold on to that uh, glimmer of optimism. And yeah, I guess just to kind of like uh, close off, I just want to wish all uh, of our listeners, you know, if you're listening this before, it's still in 2021, a very happy new year. Uh, if you're listening this in 2022, happy you know, new year. Also <laughs> happy new year as well. And I do hope that, you know, whatever goes, you you all set yourself up, uh, set yourself for yourself, you know, just I hope that you achieve it. And thank you for sticking with us in the year 2021 and yeah we hope to continue to have your uh support your ears support (laughs) and yeah for the year 2022 hopefully bringing more interesting guests on the show and if you have anybody to suggest like feel free to reach out so yeah that's my closing remarks for the show uh do you want to like just do you have any to close up um no but if you are new to the podcast i guess um go back and listen to some of the previous episodes um youtube spotify wherever it might be um you can follow us on instagram i'm not very active with uh, the back to square quan podcast on instagram um i'll pop it in the show notes but honestly thanks for supporting it has been an interesting journey 
um i think what makes it special for me is just the level of the quality of the conversations that we have on this podcast um from a personal level i think it has been very eye-opening and uh definitely like edric said looking forward to next year to have more of these ones for sure all right and that is all uh we'll catch you all next year yeah happy Happy New New year people Thank you.